tuned into Dragon Ball Super Dope. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I am joined today by Super Dope alum, Ankramulia from comicbookresources.com, themarysue.com, other various online platforms and uh, outlets. Ant, how you doing, dude? Oh, I've been okay. It's been a bit of a week, but you know, otherwise all right. I feel like uh, I've been saying it's been a bit of a week for like about a year almost, about 50 weeks, roughly. I think since um, Friday the 13th last year in March, I think roughly, I was at a wedding and it all went downhill from there afterwards. Yeah. Um, I asked a girl out on a date and she was like, ah, I don't know, dude, I'll get back to you. And then the next day the plague happened and I was like, yo, this girl was a witch. How else can you get out of a date? You have to infect the entire country to get out of it. That's how you do it. Yeah, I messed up there. Anyway, dude, nice to have you back. Um, Thank you. Then making his super dope debut, super dope debut, uh, good friend of mine. Uh, He is an expert appraiser on the Antiques Roadshow on PBS. He is also one of the hosts on a podcast I produce called The Just Stuff League. Uh, we talk about pop culture, uh, antiques, uh, comic book collectibles, all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, Mr. James Sup, how are you, man? Well, doing spectacular. It's astonishing that you mentioned 50 weeks because 52 weeks ago, I'm sorry, it's, it's <clears> tough. <throat> this whole timeline thing is shifting all the time. Time it's is really a meaningless confusing. thing. Yeah. But March 13th last year was my birthday, and pretty much. In about two weeks, I'm just going to pretend an entire year of my life never happened because it's much easier that way. Yeah. I'm on like sort of right. I'm on a similar kind of timetable because um, last year I started to do acoustic gigs in earnest like two or three times a week, every single week uh, for the first two months of the year. And I had uh, everything booked through the end of the year. On March 13th, I think I might have played my last gig actually. The 15th, I got canceled. And then the 17th, I believe, was a Tuesday for St. Patrick's Day, and I was going to go do my annual St. Patrick's Day gig. Although it was the first time I was doing one in about three years, so I was very excited to, to be doing one again. And uh, everything just got shut down and canceled. Um, so coming with, with that sort of anniversary in mind, coming up on that, I'm, I'm thinking about doing a live stream where I just play my acoustic guitar and sing some songs to see if I can still do that. Um, well, I'd like some clarification first. I think it's a great idea, but are you blaming the witchy girl or are you blaming the Irish for this? Um, yeah, a was, or was she Irish? Oh, she, to I think she may be Irish. Well, then, yeah. she's definitely <laughs> into astrology. That's what happens. Freaking happens. Yeah. So speaking of witches, uh, we are here to talk about not not Dragon Ball this week, um, but we are here to talk about Wandavision. Uh, with the season finale episode nine coming up this Friday, uh, if all goes according to plan, knock on wood, you should be hearing this episode on Wednesday. Uh, but we just wanted to get together and talk about, um, you know, some of our predictions for the season finale. Uh, some of the things that we just saw in episode eight, especially. Um, Listen, Kyle, I have some predictions right now for you. It's very sure. important. Go for it. I think the last nep- episode. Will if be, I'm right, will be the last. Right, I think this, this is very important. I think that it will be on Disney Plus. It will air. It'll have an opening and a closing and credits. That last eight minutes. Yeah, the entire thing's gonna be credits. And I'm pretty sure at some point there may be someone who says something. 
Listen, I may be wrong, but I'm 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 expecting those Wait, to be actually accurate. I was hoping for a silent episode. I mean, they've gone through all these other episodes <laughs> of television. I mean, they might just go back to movies. I mean, mm. I mean next week is the um, it's going to be the uh, the freaking Nosferatu episode, obviously. Right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I want to see WandaVision's take on uh, Hush from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was half expecting more of a Birth of a Nations kind of reference, but I mean, that works too. Uh, See, if you listen to the pre-show, man, you're going to understand what I've been going through with these two history and movie nerds on my hands, just talking about all of these deep cut references that fly completely over my head. And I'm just like, oh, at least we're getting along. That's nice. That was a very good Griffith reference. I mean, come on. I mean, you could reference that. Was it Intolerance? Was that the other one that anyone remembers? No, because no one remembers. It's, Ah, birth of a nation is also the birth of cinema and then you have what was it metropolis and then you have the jazz singer what else do you need to know oh yeah chaplin i mean there's also cabinet dr caligari and nosferatu as a horror fan those are the ones that come to mind first bunch of goddamn nerds we're not doing a good job selling the (laughs) pre-show we're talking about uh episode eight previously on um, so while this one doesn't end with a uh, please stand by screen, so like it doesn't feel like it's a um, episode of the sitcom that, you know, Wanda's been hosting, I did think it's a kind of clever TV trope in that they give us a previously on as the title. And basically we're just running through flashbacks of Wanda's life that, you know, didn't necessarily lead up to these things. In some cases they do, in some cases they don't, but in all cases they definitely have contributed emotionally to what's going on in her life but uh at the end of episode seven uh, i got the catchiest goddamn theme song uh, i've ever heard uh, in agatha. Like the monsters the monsters rip off Dude, basically and that's the thing the monsters theme song was already a, a theme song that if i heard it it would just get looped in my head dun, 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 like it's very catchy very easy to remember and then you throw something like Agatha all along with Catherine Hahn doing that crazy evil person cackle over the top of it. I think Catherine it... Hahn's officially become the best Disney villain in live action. When you have like Cruella, you have your Maleficent movie. No, just just bring her into it. And she'll be perfect. She's already like a, a walking Disney villain. Yeah, <laughs> she, could do, she could do Cruella Five. DeVille. Oh, well, the thing that she's done is because, is because she doesn't seem like she's a parody. I mean, mm. at every point, she seems to delight in her not evilness, because I don't think she's evil necessarily, but she delights in her wickedness. Uh, yeah, her she hasn't but, done anything, oh, except for killing a dog. <laughs> yeah, except for that, that, killing a dog. Terrible. That's kind of terrible. Yeah. And as we revealed in a few moments, you know, her mother and a bunch of other witches, but it doesn't seem to be an evil motivation. I'm curious about the dog, though. They need to dump deep more into that. Yeah, yeah, the dog just seems like dog. exactly yeah. the dog at this point to me. I imagine he'll have to come back into play. Otherwise, it will just appear that it was like a little a reference to the comic book, and the dog mm-hmm. is of no consequence. They had it for five minutes; it died, mm-hmm. and the only reason it was there so that Agatha could ask Wanda, "Oh my God, you know how to resurrect the dead?" <laughs> Maybe that would be it. Um, and, but that's an important thing to realize because resurrecting the dead is kind of what this is about. This is 100% mm-hmm. what it's about. This episode gave us a couple of different um, confirmations uh, of things that I think we already knew, but also sort of, um, you know, said, oh, this is what you suspected was happening all along, but it wasn't this. It was uh, actually this. So with the Agatha, mm-hmm. Agatha stuff first, um, we all knew she was Agatha Harkness. We would get that revealed at the end of episode seven. 
the beginning of the episode, we see a, a flashback uh, back to Salem, Massachusetts in 1693. Uh, we think we're going to see, you know, some version of a, a Salem witch trial sort of scenario wherein she gets, you know, burned at the stake by angry villagers or whatever. Nope. It's actually members of her own coven because she's been fucking around with the deep, bad, dark magic that she shouldn't be fooling around with. Now, here's a question I have, too, on this topic. And this is more me being a moral nerd about this. Nerd. Is she getting powers from Mephisto, or is it more like a Dormammu kind of thing? And the reason I'm thinking of Dormammu at all is because in some of the other Marvel spinoff stuff, they've had characters who have drawn powers from the Dark Dimension and Dormammu and all that good stuff. And typically they associate that with a more like a purple energy, or at least purple-looking energy. And in this whole crazy Dragon Ball Z beam struggle they have going yeah. on with these other witches. Yep. She has like this purple energy shooting out. So I'm, I was thinking at times, I mean, it might just be an acidic choice. It means absolutely mm-hmm. nothing beyond surface level cool shit. Well, but, yeah, the other, the other uh, visual colors we've seen for magic, like the Mind Stone has yellow magic. Wanda has like red or pink-ish magic. And except seen, when she has created the vision later on. Which is yeah, yellow. That's, that's when the yellow like and the, the Mind Stone. Stone comes out of it, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing that I want to talk about, too, because I kind of undercut some theories that I had earlier in the season. But, but I have let's a few theories, back too. For a half second, go back to the blue power. Yeah. Coming on. So when her mom, Eleonora, was that her name? I don't, I don't know. Like I, didn't, that. Yeah. I didn't catch her name, but anyway. Yeah. So when she's doing the little, uh, you know, starting to blast your daughter, you see a crown kind of appear on her head in the shape of the Scarlet Witch's traditional headdress. Which that's kind of interesting, and it definitely leads into what happens hmm. at the end. Um, so I kind of feel like you think of that. they're treating. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that today on my second rewatch, just a couple of hours ago before we got together. I didn't notice the the crown of the blue energy come over her when she goes to blast her that second time, mm-hmm. uh, but it definitely happens. And I feel like maybe they're almost setting up to be to have the Scarlet Witch be like. I don't know, like a generational kind of power thing, like you know, once in a generation, and this kind of well, power. at least five hundred years, yeah, or whatever the heck you know that time frame might be. Years, yeah. Um, whether Agatha's mother or Agatha was, you know, some kind of, you know, false like it, it, for Dragon Ball terms, it would be the equivalent of like a false Super Saiyan from the Lord Slug movie. Like we've <laughs> never seen power like this before, but. Could this be it? Is this the real thing? And it turns out it's not. And we find out in 500 years when Wanda comes along and goes for real Super Saiyan that she's the actual Scarlet Witch, you know? Well, yeah, I think also an element of it was that the Scarlet Witch appears to be associated with strongly in this continuity with chaos magic, chaos organization. Whereas Wanda's mom seems very much like, like a lawful, neutral type magic. Like very much like uh, ordered and organized, from what I can understand, since she was so against uh, overstepping your boundaries with learning magic. In yeah, yeah. Agatha's so mom says be... the thing about you know going into depths or to dark magic that you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have, have dared you know venture towards. And yeah, uh... yep. Can we jump ahead a few sentences with that? Yep. So there's a book that shows up. Dark cold? in that episode. Well, is it? I mean, it showed up the in the ABC Runaways and all those other shows. To mm-hmm. various degrees, doesn't look like the dark agents cold. of shield. Yeah, it's a, it's a much different yeah. looking version. Yeah, but. right. But it, it could be, or it could just be a red herring. Uh, I just thought that that was curious. Does she draw her powers from the dark hold? Which, if that does, that's a very deep, dark area to go down. Because then you're talking about 
we're talking about the Darkhold. Where'd the Darkhold come from? Well, it came from the Marvel Comics Conan series and the sinking of Atlantis, and that whole mythology comes oh, into play I as wish. well. And that would be awesome because what would be more badass than having the Sumerians show up? Well, not just that, but also the Darkhold. Darkhold's also associated in the comics with the vampires as well. Yep. Which, yes, later on. Um, you know, being blading. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's already a good end in through that already. So yeah, those are two different things. Like, I feel like WandaVision is setting up at least three or four different other series, uh, series, movies, combination of the two things. But oh, at least, those, yeah. are, those are two things that I haven't really considered. And maybe it's, you know, having it's uh, or, or like setting up a foothold for in Namor and Blade if this book is so that's closely where associated I'm going with, with them. Namor, because Atlantis, God, I offered that. Be. But Marvel doesn't necessarily set anything up. They just give you enough hints to know that there's a... These all these hints of a larger universe going on, or all these other things happening around, without going into deep depth with it, which I love because it gives mm-hmm. that universe space to breathe. I think they exactly. do a really good job of just like setting themselves up to be able to pick things up <clears throat> later down mm-hmm. the road if they so should choose. It's and almost like they need to. Exactly. Almost like writing a like a, a choose your own adventure book, right? Mm-hmm. They're like they're like writing chapters ahead of time, years and years yeah. down the road, and just kind of mm-hmm. leaving them there in the back, just mm-hmm. in case they need to have Adam Warlock come out of the end of Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. two to oh! solve. Well, look at well, even look at like friggin' um, Iron Man two for example. Had so many. It, I don't think I think it's one of the weaker films in the whole series, but even that film had so many breadcrumbs for other pieces of content. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene towards the end where Tony Stark is talking with Nick, Nick Fury and they have a big map up on the back mm-hmm. and they have all these pins there. And one of the pins happens to be sitting where Wakanda is. Another one happens to be sitting in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean or Pacific Ocean, if I yep. remember correctly. And that right there sets up Atlantis and Wakanda. Yep. Now they picked up Wakanda like, you know, how many years later in Avengers 2? Yeah, basically it took like a while before they even yeah. showed Wakanda. So they can just, just shove whatever in there and it'll just, it'll just wait. I think in Daredevil, during that series, they had like stilt man's like stilts in the background. Oh yeah, sitting in the scene. background in the, yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you were a crazy comic book nerd, you knew exactly who stilt man was. Yeah. But, but their characterization of him creating Daredevil's suit was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, but if you didn't know that, it wouldn't affect anything. Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect, that's what's so brilliant about Marvel's world development. I feel like they don't, have to, they don't have to tell you everything. It's just there. If they want to come back to it later, they can. They don't Again, have to. And, it, and if they it's don't brilliant. come back to it later, they can just say, oh, that was just an Easter egg for the fans. And mm-hmm. just leave yeah. it at that. But I, in reality, we all know they're just kind of setting themselves up to be able to pull from that should they need to mm-hmm. break themselves out of a corner. And that thing that they referenced earlier in a movie for 30 mm-hmm. seconds just so happens to you know, not only give them a way out, but also be able to tie back to a film from five, six, seven, ten years mm-hmm. ago. It's a good look, man. It makes them look like they've been uh, planning it all along. Well, I think they've got a plan. I think they really have an, a, uh, in my mind, it's not quite the bunch of photographs and yarn sticking on the wall, but damn close. Yeah. Plan yeah. Of the way that they can intertwine these things. So if they find the right actor, if they find the right director, that they can go, okay, here are the pieces we have. Mm-hmm. I certainly, happen. I certainly feel like Charlie Kelly with the red string out on the fucking board with all the pins, uh, <laughs> thinking about WandaVision. Uh, I think in the early, early scene here, one of the big things that I think they underline right away, and you're meant to. I mean, sometimes this show is pretty nuanced. Other times they beat you over the head with certain things. This is one of the things they beat you over the head with. Like you shouldn't have fucked with this dark magic, Agatha. 
I didn't do it. It bent to my will. And then, you know, if you would only teach me how to use this instead of just shunning me and having the coven fucking Dragon Ball Z blast me to death or attempt to, suckers, if you would only teach me in how to use this, um, it, I think it just kind of sets up Agatha's arc sort of perfectly retroactively, albeit, you know, 400 years earlier, to be like, oh, if somebody had only teached me, if I ever taught me, if, if I ever have the ability to teach somebody with a much power like I've found, and you know, give them the type of mentorship in which they, you know, need okay, to Okay, Anakin Skywalker. Hey man. I'm <laughs> just mean, saying. Well, I mean, you know, in the comics, um, Agatha Harkness does become uh Franklin Richards uh babysitter essentially. Yeah, before, yeah, how well before that she's, work out before terribly, she's terribly. Before <laughs> ever involved with the with the Scarlet Witch, though, she yeah. does the Franklin Richards stuff. And then when the Franklin right. Richards stuff kind of wraps itself up. The next thing she asks to do is to train the Scarlet Witch. So to mm. think that Agatha, especially coming off of last week, is like, oh shit, she's the, they just gave her the Monsters theme song. She's definitely the villain now. To see her go from that, to see her have this tragic, you know, beginning at the, be- uh, you know, then this flashback scene at the opening, and then to see her and Wanda back in what I assume is like a, the portal to the Nexus or whatever the heck it is and that mm. underground thing where the dark hold is, to see her kind of go through. As she's taking her through all these flashbacks she goes through, to see her kind of run the gamut of emotions. Like sometimes she seems like she's the villain for like she was last mm-hmm. week. Other times she seems like she's coming from a place of genuine, you know, well being and wanting to help. Then there's that little exchange about the, uh, when Wanda's eyes glow in the beginning because she thinks she's mm-hmm. going to be able to read her mind or her thoughts. And she's like, Look around you. Do you see the runes? Don't you know anything about casting spells? And she the doesn't. witch who has the runes. Yeah, she exactly. doesn't know what she's doing. You've got no basic education, yeah. Wanda. You don't even know your multiplication well, tables. What kind of weird virtuoso mm-hmm. bullshit are you pulling off by having all well, these motherfuckers mm-hmm. do circus shit all day? And that's and we know, the best part. She, oh, yeah. The, that allows us as the audience to be taught this is the, this. These are the rules of magic. This is the way magic works, and that mm-hmm. is hugely helpful to see what's going to happen later on. But think about this for a second. Um, what is there another character in another recent movie involving a magic user in? Oh God, is mm-hmm. like Doctor Weird? Or oh, Professor like Weird. Professor yeah. Weird. Yeah, yeah, Professor we Weird. Already, exactly. We already yeah. know that Scott Wand is going to be in Doctor Strange: the Multiverse of Madness. Like right. she's already confirmed in that movie. But Baron Mordo is doing the same thing. He's going around, he's trying to look for the other magic users who are too powerful or using magic in the wrong ways, trying to right the balance of things and by killing people off. She, mm. I just get the feeling that um, Agatha is going, I'm just trying to understand what the hell's going on. This place wasn't, this nexus wasn't already here. I came here, I brought you the nexus, so I need to find out what's going on because you're upsetting the, the world's balance of magic users. So originally, originally uh, I don't thought, screen. It's a good theory. <laughs> originally, I thought that Agatha Likely. would have become aware of Wanda after like the events of Sokovia. Like she picks up an entire. Oh come on, the waggly finger just uh, throwing out a little probability. I mean, that's not like you know, throwing up this huge giant hexagon in the middle of, middle of WV, New Jersey. But that's the thing yes. that I originally <laughs> thought that would have put Wanda on Agatha's radar, and it seems like the the based off of the dialogue we got in this episode, that's not the case. Like 
Well, you because might also of the uh, current events, like that's what I guess brought Agatha to Westview. To hmm. uh, like, I, I, like, I'm not entirely yeah. sure. I don't have a clear, and, and maybe I missed something. If I did, and you guys see it, no, no. that's where I'm at. Do we have too. a clear cut no. path as to how Agatha found Wanda doing this in the first place? We gotta keep mind also set by it, but how'd she find it? We gotta keep mind uh, also giant that, um, red hexagon. I mean, yeah, she just so happened to be in fucking New York City or something? Like, like I, I don't know. No, you're watching the news, and there's this giant stop sign shaped piece of freaking red. But Agatha's been there. there again, dare I say, all along. But you gotta keep in mind also with all this For stuff a week? is that a lot of this magic is kind of reality warping, you know? Like in Doctor Strange, when shit goes wrong, you know, on the other side of the planet, they're like there in five seconds. All it yeah. could have taken is like, oh, look at my radar, magic going on. I'll go here. And I can imagine that, like, a lot of the magical stuff is separate from the big superheroic stuff going on. Because you look at Doctor Strange, there's no, at no point does the Avengers help out during the, the Dormammu thing. Doctor Strange barely helps out until, like, the Infinity Stones are going wrong in oh, his in Cap- Avengers. Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. there on the other side it's, of the universe. It's different yeah, exactly. layers of radar. The Avengers are dealing with global Earth-level threats. Doctor Strange is dealing with stuff in the fucking astral plane or whatever. Captain and no one Marvel's... cares about New Jersey. Yeah, let's be real. It's New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Ant. <laughs> Everything is legal in New Jersey. That's not anyway. true. Nothing is legal in New Jersey. So we've got the... Um, this kind of mentorship st- session about to start off between Agatha and Wanda as they go back through this, these flashbacks and this, you know, essentially a clip show in this previously on episode. Uh, mm. But before we get to the actual flashbacks, what do you guys think is going on with the bunny? And the reason I ask is because they have, uh, it's the scratch the the transmutation, uh, go from a cicada to a bird. And then the rabbit eats the bird rabbits. Don't eat birds. That that rabbit Satan, right? You see, I can actually use my uh, master's of fine arts in. He's going to talk uh, about Benicula. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. It's, it's, get, it's Benicula. Yeah, That's get your nerve. Fucking get Benicula. your nerve rocks off. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to make a Faust reference, but Benicula is the higher cultural reference. I, think, I, I believe so. Is more actually, the common eye. I mean, this I probably the price have, you pay for having smart friends, guys. Look out. On my shelf than um, Faust. I've got two copies of Faust and two copies of the Surly's Talks at Midnight, not even two feet away from me on the on the shelf. I, I, I feel so upset because I feel like it's right behind my head for Surly's <laughs> Talks at Midnight. I feel like there's uh, some Benicula is like somewhere mm-hmm. on the shelf over there. <laughs> so is the bunny yeah. Satan? I mean, you it know? could be. Could be. <laughs> it could okay, be. So, I mean, it could be. Could be. It's just scratch. <laughs> Nick Scratch, just another name for Satan. Yes, Scratch Lady. I mean, there's a lot of different ways that could go. Um, the question is: Is Mephisto the big bad, or is it one of the other demons? I mean, I there are a whole that. bunch involved in there. The thing is, Mephisto doesn't even have to be any, even really involved directly in any of the events going on to still mm-hmm. be the big bad because mm-hmm. it's fucking yeah. Satan. <laughs> In the Marvel Marvel universe, Mephisto is different than Satan. That's true. You have have a diamond, Hellstrom, the son of Satan. Yeah, it gets all complicated. Ghost Rider. It's really strange. But but he he might as well be. For all intents and purposes, though, when we talk about, you know, the proverbial deal with the devil in the Marvel universe, it's a deal with Mephisto. Mm -hmm. Well, even then, the whole thing with Mephistopheles, from, I think... uh, I always get the guy's name. Uh, the, not 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 the Marlowe version of uh, Faust, but the um, 
the German Gunther? version. What? Yeah, exactly. I was, yeah, I can, Gunther. I was, I always fuck up his name. It's pronounced Gunther. Yeah, I, that's what the fuss always throws me off. It's always like that. Yeah. That Weepy! In his version, <laughs> Satan does appear as like a charming little animal. Oh, Mephistopheles appears like a, oh, a little charming little animal at one point. That's really curious you mentioned that, because I gave this theory over a while back to uh, Kyle, and I think it blew his freaking mind. Is, I it, think the, I mentioned is the, it the DVD theory? Yep. All right, so yeah. with, before let me set it up with this flashback right. thing, because let All me right. give you let me let me tell a few weeks back, James and I are having a conversation, okay? And you know, basically, I've been riding the Mephisto train for a long time, wondering when whoever does play Mephisto, when that person will show up, and how I can imagine. Oh, now we'll it's get, Al Pacino. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> I can and how I can imagine go. that it was um, probably somebody who would show up. You know, pretty much the last episode maybe for one or two scenes and then they would probably play a much larger role probably not in the next spider-man movie but definitely in the next doctor strange movie mm-hmm. spider-man will be dealing with uh you know the 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 spin out of events of the hex and bringing in all these people from multi-universal places and we we already know that there are a million villains in spider-man so whoever does end up being mephisto i'm thinking will be the guy who will be a movie villain for spider-man 3 so I'm talking mm. with James about that on the phone a few weeks ago, and he's like, yeah, man, I know who it's going to be. You ready? I'm like, all right, cool, cool, cool. And this was before the Al Pacino thing happened, maybe a week before. Mm-hmm. So he goes, I think it's going to be Dick Van Dyke. And I'm like, mm. oh, okay, Dick Van Dyke is Mephisto. That's interesting. Why do you think that? And he goes on to tell me about how he's a consulting producer on the show mm-hmm. and how he was somebody who, you know, was heavily consulted in especially the early episodes of WandaVision because so much of the aesthetic in those first two episodes spoofed a lot of Dick Van Dyke stuff. Mm-hmm. This episode it, happens this way. Go ahead. I'm sorry, James. Yeah, but it's better than that. Okay, so then the episode comes oh out. We, we get, It gets revealed that she's, you know, smuggling these, her family smuggling these DVDs and watching them, which, by the way, Knock of the Middle didn't come out until 2000. 10 or 2000 it's something? true this yeah. this, saw, this flashback is nerd... in 1999 yeah. the, that dvd set didn't come out yeah, yeah. 2001, i was gonna say i saw some i saw some nerd online going like but the dick van dyke collection wasn't yeah. released on that box set until 2006 oh, how could it be that's awesome that like, it's the multiverse like... of madness it's <laughs> yeah. comic the books you fucking nerd that lighten that up because i've been watching uh the, one of the few shows the kids and i watch together malcolm in the middle right now we're on oh, season great. three and Quality. i just was watching the day because I try trying to find good shows for us to watch as a family, mm-hmm. and there aren't that many. The have you shown him one of the other ones? Yeah. Have you shown him Kill Bill yet? That that's a good. That's a good. Oh, yeah, that's a great family <laughs> flick. Uh, Fly yeah. in the attic shortly after. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay, so Dick Whole, Van Dyke. Wholesome fun there. <laughs> exactly. Van Dyke. Fun for the whole family. Yeah, Twin okay, Peaks so, is next. Oh God, that'd be great. I wouldn't. Can't wait. Scarlet for life. So Wanda's <laughs> dad comes home with a suitcase of bootleg DVDs. He's gonna try to sell in the fucking Sokovian war effort outside. I guess I don't know. Got a oh, table yeah, outside we on the sorry on the yeah, blown yeah. up uh, on the blown up sidewalk or something. But he, they watch him at home first. They have English night where they practice their English, and she decides it's her night to pick. They put on season whatever episode whatever season two, episode, episode twenty two. Yeah. The wall not episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Have you guys watched that one? 
years I know ago. I, I know I watched yeah. it when I was a kid. Yeah. Watching Mary Tyler Moore fall out of that closet with yep. all the wall. I'm like, I remember that. Clear as day, for sure. Get yeah. that mixed up mentally with, uh, what was the Star Trek episode with like the little fur balls? Like oh, mentally. Trouble with triples. Yeah, I always get those episodes mm-hmm. for some reason mentally mixed up in my head from like, it was, it was like, I forget why. It was like some marathon TV. Who knows? But anyway, Things falling out of closets. Got it. Lots of small things, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but as they're watching this episode of Dick Van Dyke, I, that's when the bomb goes, or their house has exploded, the Stark mm. Tech you know, bomb oh. comes down, all these things. So as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh, Dick Van Dyke, that's weird. Me and James talked about Dick Van Dyke the other day. And it's this moment wherein her life completely just blows up and goes to shit. Like it's her <laughs> last moment of absolute happiness before everything turns. She loses her parents. She loses her, her and her brother become orphans, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking of myself, which way, like, would there be any more appropriate imagery for somebody Mm -hmm. to like make a deal, like a make a deal with the devil type to be able to take back, you know, your loved one in vision, your, you know, your dead brother, whomever into this, you know, Westview anomaly that we're currently witnessing Given the circumstance of what she was watching when her life absolutely shit the bed, mm-hmm. would there be any more appropriate imagery for that person to take on than Dick Van Dyke? I don't know if there would no. be. And that's all I could think about since watching that scene. And James, you're the only person I've heard pitch it. I haven't heard anyone else even bring mm-hmm. up that he was a, a consult, uh, consultative uh, you know, producer, whatever the heck his title was. You're the only person I've heard mention it, so I wanted to make sure that we... Brought attention yeah. to it, talked about be- it tonight. Because I can it's see that. used on so many wonderful levels. Because you've got a guy who can be charming but devilish, and a little mm-hmm. bit of de aging, and they've done that plenty of times. They mm-hmm. could easily have him go and be a young Dick Van Dyke from that era, and tempt her in ways that I don't think anybody else could. Um, go, you can have your brother, or you can have Vision, or you can have your twins. Make your choice, but there's a price. He could do and it so that, charmingly too, which is great. Oh yeah, and you could buy it. He could do it in his freaking Cockney accent, for all I care. I mean, it would be. The and it's worst not going to be the her. first time. It's not the first time that Vic Van Dyke's played a villain in a movie mm-hmm. that Disney currently owns either. Right. <laughs> Again, no, mean, no, the museum the other right one? there. Magic Magic museum. museum. Yep. Yeah. I never watched that, but oh, it's, it's, Mickey it's, Rooney's it's, best role. Oh, it's oh, fun. Lord. It's a fun yeah. movie. I like it all. It's a delight. I was oh, just listening fun. to something about Robin Williams and his last uh, night at the museum appearance mm-hmm. as Teddy Roosevelt. And uh, yeah. How he's he was, just... uh, he was going, like, that was like one of his big last movie appearances before mm-hmm. he did the thing. Uh, yeah. And how all of the accounts of him on set mm-hmm. were just so, he was, he was going through it, dude. He was like, he had like early onset dementia uh, stuff going on. Yeah, he was, uh, that right there, actually watching him again, you always get that kind of nostalgia and like melancholy from him in it. Uh, yeah, that was a lot. Hey. It's funny because they're gone. I was going to just say bangarang. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can't watch that anymore. It, that reason? Yeah. So, yeah. Then, like, I grew up with Mork and Mindy, you know, mm. and I just thought it was awesome. And then I watched The World According to Garp, was like the first movie I remember renting, specifically because it had Robin Williams in it. And if you haven't seen it, it's a messed up film, especially mm. at like 12 years old, maybe 13. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I've, I think I started reading the book for that. Like that's John Irving, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I started reading the book. I didn't know he was in the movie version. Yeah, he was. It was his first serious role, and I keep going back to you know watching him and growing up with him and seeing him not only as Peter Pan as 
in so many different roles, goodwill hunting, what have you, the mm. comedy, the tragedy, everything like that. And hearing how he named his daughter Zelda. I mean, this guy was amazing and brought so much joy. And knowing that it's hard for me to watch, knowing that there was something yeah. inside that he still felt incomplete. And he yeah. felt that there was only one way out. And that's fucking hard to hard for me to watch nowadays. Yeah, um, I know what you mean. What was it that he was in? Uh, what Dreams May Come. Oh, was on. Really? oh my yeah, God. Amazing best film. Movie but fucked me best, up as a kid. Oh, God. Oh, best use of CG. That is a movie ever. you don't take a fourth God, grade it's beautiful. into, man. It's no. so beautiful, but so hard. Like, that was on yeah. TV, I think, the other day. I was going through channels, mm-hmm. and I think it was just like I caught a bit of it. And I was like, yeah. Oh, that was that's a hard oh film my to sit God, dude, I haven't so thought painful. about that in so long. I'm gonna go watch that now. Yeah. Good thing. Oh, watch it, Gooding you know. Jr. Oh, yeah. could act. No, that's he just chooses not to sometimes, but right? Well, when he wants to, he's incredible. Oh, right. it, it is that was the first movie that I've seen where the CGI was obvious and beautiful. I yeah, mean, it, art, and it made sense used. in the context of the story, too. Mm-hmm. So it was okay, right. Yeah. I mean, it, but even it, in talking movie about yeah. Robin Williams and death, you know that right there is just so. I'd probably <sighs> vomit watching it. Gotta need to see it again. Yeah, uh, it's a, it's it's so amazing, but it's I couldn't I I, I changed it right when I saw it was on, but that, that just triggered all those yeah. thoughts, you know. Oof. Well, next time we all get together on the fucking super dope literary hour with you, goddamn America, <laughs> watch what dreams may come. That'd be great. <laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be horrendous. Can we wait like a year or two with this? Yeah, whole we're gonna take thing? some time off, dude. I'm gonna be emotionally to... exhausted after this WandaVision season finale. Now, if you want to do years, Aladdin, so. I'm here for that in a heartbeat. Well, uh, wait, not the remake. Aladdin. I was gonna say uh, the animated preferably, or live action, preferably the original. But I'll talk about okay. the remake too, just to make fun. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, you ain't never had a friend, never had a friend quite like actually, me. I actually have not seen the, the, the live action. Me either. I don't watch eh. movies unless it's I, Star Wars, eh. superheroes. I heard, I heard, I heard mixed things. I heard people who said they who want, who thought they're gonna hate it, said they liked it. People who thought they'd like it, said I, they'd hate it. I bonded too much with the first one, so yeah, I tough. just can't. Whereas I really like the new Jungle Book only because Christopher Walken is such a Christopher Walken. Yes. Um, and the new liking is good. Mm, surprisingly it, good also the new cinderella yeah. i have no feelings about the original really it's yeah. good it's, it's it's kind of drawn us so it's over the top but it's good <laughs> beauty and the beast no no didn't like it it was crap I do I have the a more i like the original uh, the less i Emma, liked what's the your one. face though Emma watson yeah she's yeah. good looking yeah. in it but she's not <sighs> the problem is it's just not pro- good yeah it's very lifeless it doesn't, it doesn't bring anything new to the game I yeah I, I like everyone in it I just don't like them yeah. in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, it's, it's like the guy who did the shot for shot remake of Psycho. Like, why do a shot for shot remake of Psycho? Interesting yeah. as a exercise in film school, but don't expect to make any money off of it. Yeah. I and mean. Gus Van Sant is a talented guy. Like, he did freaking Good Will Hunting. He did lots of other yeah. movies that were great, but just why make that? Yeah. He caught a lot of shit for that, dude. He yeah, also rightfully. caught a lot of money for that. Yeah, oh, really? His, I mean, his fucking his film school uh, exercise got him a, a payday mm-hmm. and a half for sure. Yeah. So, um, so flashing yeah, so. back to Gus Van Zandt's prior prior paydays. Uh, <laughs> let's flash back to uh, Wanda's prior laboratory experiments with Hydra. Because that's the next flashback okay. we have. That was awesome. Watching yeah. this being the longest drawn out origin story I've ever seen. Yeah, what? because yeah. We, we get a little bit of it at the beginning of Age of Ultron, just with some exposition in passing. They were basically lab experiments for Hydra. You know that the Mind Stone was involved in some way, shape, or form, but that's about it. 
Mm-hmm. And I think what's really interesting uh, about all of this is that there is a crack in the door open for mutants in well, the Marvel well, universe. I'm sorry. Now. So I don't mean to cut you off, but we did kind of miss something yeah. in the last flashback with mutants, yeah. Oh, yeah. actually, was mm-hmm. when the Stark, the Stark bomb lands in front of the bed, mm-hmm. she throws up her hands. Agatha asks her, you know, did you use your probability hex mm-hmm. to be able to... You know, make it. She says, "No, it was defective. We sat there under the bed for two days. Oh, and it just never blown up." You know, mm-hmm. she obviously has, or, or potentially could have, the uh, early um, mm-hmm. you know, signs of mutant powers that she showed. You know, that's that's at the age ten, eleven, mm-hmm. twelve when they're starting to enter puberty mm-hmm. and kind of like coming into their own bodies is when their mutant powers start to manifest. So the timeline checks out there. But then to see her flash mm-hmm. forward to this Hydra experiment with that kind of context of she may already have some mutant powers. Mm-hmm. See the Mind Stone essentially but, choose her, you know? But she exactly. doesn't need to have mutant powers either. I mean, they can completely ignore that and just go, the Mind Stone did just choose her as exactly. the appropriate vessel. And it's so good about it, it but can go it gives, or, it, it gives a background as to why she was able to survive because right before that happens, the two dudes on the microphones are like, every other test subject that's touched this thing has died immediately. So it gives some kind of credence as to why she was able, her and her brother were able to survive. Mm. They got the mutant gene or whatever. Mm. I mean, back then they were trying to level it or mm. angle it like it could be uh, potentially like an inhuman thing with a terrigenesis. But there is one other alternative. They don't too. need that anymore. But what's the other alternative? There's one other alternative too that I've, I've considered since seeing the episode. The other alternative is that the that Wanda was first, obviously, before Pietro, that she got the. Now, depending on if, if it's a mutant gene or if it's magic, depending on how they do it either way that's wanda allowing someone else to gain powers because you know when, when pietro touched the mind stone himself he had to go through the same process too why would he live unless there was some probability altering situations that allowed him Bingo. to get those powers which means already in the marvel universe you're seeing the inverse of m day essentially from the comics mm-hmm. whereas in the comics uh scarlet which very famously took got rid of mutant powers now, from her inception, she's giving people these mutant powers, which, depending on, yeah, depending on how you look at it, that could be either a big sweeping retcon that she alters back the past with chaos magic, whatever, to make mutants appear in the however far back she wants, or it could be the beginning of mutant genesis in the MCU, just from her, depending on how they play it. They have both options built to them. It's an interesting bookend. I mean, it's a, and it's a good way oh, yeah. to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, her, yeah, her trying to protect her brother. By mm-hmm. knowing that you know, if he goes in here, he's going to die. Well, I, you know, somewhere in her back of her lizard brain, her little magic goes, I will, you know, give him this a power or something like that. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. The thing and is, it, yeah. you can do whatever you want with it. You don't have to explicitly show it. You can just imply it well, and you can so, take that whatever you want. Well, and so the, the effect of infinity stones on humans. Well, you look what it did. First one, first re- reaction we saw was with the uh, Red Skull, and mm-hmm. he imploded and got sucked through the universe by the Tesseract. Okay, that's what happened to him later. But he was an enhanced human. He had some more power there. The next time we see it is Guardians of the Galaxy with the dance off. Yeah, um, but Peter Quill has got like celestial like. Ah, his, now we're getting DNA, into the weird. So place. that's why he can was able to wield it. Otherwise, he would have just and, fucking imploded probably. And, and only because then it's Carol Danvers. But only because he held hands, and mm. it was the combined power of all of them that allowed him, and his celestial um, genetics, whatever, that allowed him to survive that. But then we get to Carol Danvers. Go on, Ant. 
I think I know where she's you're going just, with that. She's just pure raw energy thrown at her. There's no other conduit. She's just bombarded with energy and becomes like this walking cosmic powerhouse. And you know who was and and at the after credit scene in the previous episode, um, who was climbing into the basement? It would be Monica Rambeau, who is also known as Captain Marvel at some point. But yes, yeah, yeah, she was Captain of... Marvel before Carol Danvers was Captain Marvel. It's mm-hmm. true. There's yep. a whole big thing on that too. And I'm and, and of course you know with with Monica Rambeau going through the whole you know chaos magic thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's again her being bombarded by a very different. Infinity Stone, whereas Carol's bombarded by the energy of the Space Stone, she's getting hit by the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. So, interesting all there. Which is all right, so very clever. I didn't, I didn't want to jump to Monica yet because I did want to kind of get your theories on her eventually. But seeing as she just came up like this, everyone thinks that because she's been in and out of the hex, that's like what has triggered whatever's going on in her DNA to give her these mm-hmm. powers that she's now inhibiting or exhibiting. Um, Fuck that, man. I'm telling you, she's had those powers all along. She had them before the snap happened, and she hid them. And uh, I don't know why she hid them, but she did. And now that she's back, Sword has changed the way and it has. And then we've got Tyler Sword fuck over here doing his thing. She knows that he's somebody that cannot be trusted. She has to keep it on the low. The first time that she gets ejected out of Westview, she I think they say something like she's been you know, jettisoned out like 70 feet or whatever. And they say something to the effect of like, wow, um, you know, she must have, you know, crippled or, or, you know, kind of softened the fall or whatever. Because I, I don't know, I don't, I don't think they know, but Monica tries to play it off as, oh, she still sees me as an ally. But if you watch that scene again, there's like a half second in her face where she's like, oh shit. Okay, yeah, it's because she thinks I'm her friend, not because I have superpowers. Like, I saw it clear as day watching it. I feel like when we go back and watch this after the finale is over, especially after Captain Marvel 2 comes out, and we've got Mm -hmm. some more context as to what happened in the background, I think, anyway, to help give her these powers and these circumstances to show these powers. I don't know if I agree with that. We'll go back and watch it in a year and be like, oh, wow, this is brilliant. I don't know if I agree with that. I like the idea, but I'm not sure I agree with that. I like the idea. I think the idea of her, you know, kind of using her own will to go through this, this chaos magic and affecting her chemically, it really ties in her whole origin story with her own determination to be a hero, which I think is what they want to go for, showing how she's more self-made in that sense. In this well, case, you know, by pushing through the boundaries. Well, and, I think if you look a cost. At, and if you look at it, there always has to be a cost of being Oh, a God, hero. yeah. I mean, that's one of the key things of the Marvel Universe is that there is a price to pay with every special power comes great responsibility. But you look at, yeah, (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to do that. But Mm. you you look at the Marvel Universe in general, especially the MCU, each one of these, each person who has a power is, has it for a reason, but they are more than just that power. Um, You know, Steve Rogers didn't become the Red Skull because of just Vita Rays. He became Captain America because of himself. And mm-hmm. I like where Kyle's going with that. I, if they decide to go down that route, they'd have to do something to make Monica not just the wielder of this power, but she's had to earn it somehow. Yeah, no, I don't yeah. think that. The, I don't think we just watched the birth of a hero. I think we mm-hmm. just watched a hero get the found awakening. Out. The awakening. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we. I don't think we watched the awakening even. I think yeah. we watched somebody who's been concealing their powers on the low. 
in I think when I don't know when Captain Marvel two is set in terms of the timeline. It's Captain sets, Marvel one was everything. In, it's set in the future of the timeline. So in twenty twenty three, like the current year, yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's what I think. From what I understand, which is again okay. very limited because we don't know too much. I mean, <laughs> I could also s- twice. Yeah, exactly. that's the thing too, especially with all the pushbacks for COVID and stuff too. Yeah. I don't know. Also, it, also, Nia, De, Nia DeCosta, is that the director's name they have for that? I'm not going tell you. If she did like the candy, she's doing the Candyman reboot. Like she is, um, that woman is very talented. <laughs> Whatever she does, I think is going to be amazing because she's just such well, a talented director. I'm hopeful she's going to tackle the Monica Rambo origin a little bit more in depth in that movie. I imagine that would have to happen in terms of, you know, flashback stuff. So I was thinking maybe if Captain Marvel 1 is set in the 90s, maybe Captain mm-hmm. Marvel 2 is set in like the early 2000s. Before the snap stuff happens, when Captain Marvel visits Earth again. Oh, but that won't make sense. There's one issue with that. Kamala Harris is, Kamala Harris, Kamala Khan, I'm sorry, very different Kamala. Kamala Khan is in the movie as well, and her origin is being set up. That's true. Concurrently in the present in the MCU. Because yeah. Kamala, I keep saying Kamala Harris. Well, Kamala Khan, very yeah. different Kamala. Same Miss Marvel. Miss <laughs> Marvel. Uh, you know, she is Ms. You know, Ms. Marvel. She like worships Carol Danvers, basically. Yeah. You know, good old New Jersey girl. And right she by. Writes, she writes fanfic in her free time. And it all comes back to New Jersey, isn't it? Isn't that wild? She's coming back to, to the best. Stay away from getting murdered. She's coming yeah. back to the best state in, the, in all the United States, New Jersey. The best one. Always Jersey. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Monica Rambo. I'm kind of curious. I think uh, ultimately she's going to factor into the final showdown that we'll see in this season finale coming up in a few days here. Um, I imagine it'll be some form of Agatha, Wanda, and uh, Monica Rambo teaming up to defeat or come out on the other side of whatever the climax will look like, whether that's a battle with a big bad that we have yet to see or escaping the implosion of Westview or whatever they have just seen potentially. Well, let's play that out really quick. So there doesn't need to be a big bad. It could just be um, her uh, as a conduit conduit for this great power. Wanda, that Mm -hmm. would be astonishing because now you're going to have white vision and her vision of vision. So in this and they're gonna are, are they fighting each other or is she gonna have double vision? Or is she, she gonna combine them? I don't freaking know. There's a or, lot that or could there's just be Ultron. But yeah. Vision Vision yeah, was actually <laughs> Vision had the best flashback scene in my opinion. Not from like Oh a, god, uh, that was freaking amazing. Oh my god. Some vision people, flashback? Some people oh, really like beautiful. painted it with the corn brush and they were like, Jesus Christ, Paul Bettany, fucking learn how to act. To which I'll say to those people, fuck you. He's literally paying a fucking synthesoid, like for him to not be able to fully convey human emotion properly is literally part of the fucking characters written into him. All right. Oh God, no! The so fuck was... you. Well, but the line, in the role. what the line? What is grief if not love persevering? <sighs> that shit just saved me fucking years yeah. of that raw pee. I think that, that, whole, an, oh, that whole conversation is just freaking you know impactful. Well, like every freaking line of it is just. It, <laughs> And it feels like a real conversation. Yeah. It doesn't feel contrived. It doesn't feel like a speech. It feels like we're just chatting. Yeah. Like that's something I would I can imagine me and my friends talking about if we were robots yeah. discovering human emotion for the first time over beers. Yeah. It just feels like the most realistic description. And what I love about it is it is awkward. It's deliberately 
Yeah. Un, it, it's naturally awkward, which is the best I mean, kind like of like Jesse Eisenberg awkward. I mean, I like mean, realistically I, I so. Wait, are you implying that this scene needs more Granny's, pe- Granny's peach tea, whatever it is, in like a jar? The delivery of the <laughs> line itself, love is, you know, what is love if not, what is grief if not love persevering? I don't think that's awkward. The thing that's awkward that I think mm-hmm. kind of reinforces the fact that we're talking to somebody who is not a human mm-hmm. is he delivers a line, his mouth closes, his head turns back to the television and he watches for about five seconds. And then he and tries to, laughing. he he forces a laugh, you know, a laugh at some joke and like tries to explain why it's funny just to be like, have a connection in another way. Like I'm human in this way and that I understand well, humor, but I'm but still in is and have so to human. explain yeah. out loud. Well, obviously, that is the awkward that well, I, I love. This is what through my head is, you know, uh, you know, like one of uh, my eldest is uh, on the spectrum and he, I can, I, he did that when he was younger. He would literally go, "Oh, I just said something awkward. I need to cover for that." There was a pause. Oh, hey, this is to show I'm human. Ha 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 ha. Oh. And it's, it was awesome for me to see that because I'm like, I've seen that happen in mm-hmm. my family where it's like, I've got to cover up. I just know I don't understand why, but I just know I, I create an awkward moment because there's silence and you don't know how to react. Let me cover it with something else. That mm-hmm. is bomb writing right there. That's actually maybe a really I'm good reading read, into honestly. it. No, that's I a mean, good read, honestly. Vision as aut- as autistic, autistic coded. That's a very yeah. I've seen people, I've seen people like who are on the spectrum also discuss yeah. that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a good take, and I I totally I totally agree with you on that one. That's a really interesting comparison. But I've that's seen, the beauty yeah. of the writing is we can put what we want on it. And exactly, it's not so much. What we're taking away is what we're putting in that matters. Mm. And and while I'm so quick to defend Paul Bettany because I saw people say, "Oh, what a corny line," or "What a Disney line," or whatever. Not to, yeah. I'm not trying to undercut Lizzie Olsen at all because oh, her Jesus whole Christ. monologue. Oh about, God, she's cr- brilliant. I saw as somebody who struggles with depression every single day for all of the days for I don't know how for fucking long now. Her monologue about the wave it knocks you down and you go to get back up and it just takes you again and it's just gonna drown you oh god yeah brilliant damn what a performance i've seen people start to float the idea this week that she should be uh nominated for i think an emmy for this is Mm -hmm. it emmy is that what they gave away for yeah i think Emmys. yeah um she should win whatever award for main stuff and catherine hahn should win all of the supporting actress awards because oh yeah as as amazing oh, yeah. as Elizabeth Olsen's one uh, seemingly one woman performance has been at times and carrying the show on her shoulders the way she does, not only does she do it with that beautiful goddamn face, but she has to portray so many different genres and ranges of emotions and different eras of television and different everything. She's covered the entire goddamn spectrum of universal oh, yeah. nonsense oh. over the course of 60 years of television. I've seen people talk about Nail the characterizations for those periods and the bot. Okay, so geeky moment the bra in the cor- the bra and the corset she wore in the first one um you could definitely tell the bra you could see the corset in a couple scenes just in the way she moved that kind of dedication either on the part of her or the part of the costume designer knowing that you could have to walk and move in a certain way in that clothing was astonishing the way she did the little bewitched you know little uh, heel flips stuff like that she paid attention she had coaches she had people who knew what to look for to evoke those body movements, but her ability to do it so seamlessly is astonishing. Oh, um, yeah. 
in every period, even into the 90s. Walk-in grandma pants, or I'm sorry, Midwest mama pants. Mm-hmm. To see her going to, from doing like yeah. a Lucille Ball, Mary Tyler Moore stuff in yep. the first black and white episode to see her on the other end doing the modern family talking head bit and making every single mannerism deadpan into the camera. Yeah. All those little awkward silent jokes that soul. I love. But it's not oh just but it's God. not just that. It's also that while still being a character who's pre-established in its own you know, its own style. Yeah. Like that's what's so brilliant about it. It's not just that she's doing mm-hmm. Because anyone could do like a, rep, a recreation and it would be great. Yeah. If, they, yeah. if they did a successful tribute, like I know they're making like, a, like an I Love Lucy movie. I'm sure there'll be great pantomimes of Lucille mm-hmm. Ball. But it's not just that. It's that they took that and filtered it through the lens of this character who everyone knows about. And it's still recognizable as the character. That's the part that's the multi-layers of brilliance to it. And it's not exaggerated. It no. doesn't yeah. feel like... I mean, it feels exaggerated like it was for television, but it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like they're be- doing a parody. And that is, especially with Agnes, that's what I found astonishing. And no point did her behaviors cross over into parody. There was a wink Never. and a nod. and then, Sometimes literally. <laughs> right, exactly. Frequently. Especially yeah. when they did the little, little flashback showing her all along. That was the one moment when they could have jumped that bridge into make it into comedic instead of being dark going oh fuck catchy tune oh my god she was she was she, what the fuck just happened yeah and not making it funny was a tough tough acting and writing yeah choice. well it's converse, a, yeah. uh, conversely <laughs> with all of the emotion that lizzie olsen shows throughout you know all of the flashbacks to this point what i think was cool to see was the last one where she breaks into the sword not breaks in she walks in to the she's sword. Yeah, she, she walks in. in. She calmly walks up to the desk. She's like, hey, what's up? I'm here for my you know, dead synthesoid husband. Uh, I want to put him in the ground. That'd be cool. You want to let me in? Okay, thanks. Like, she goes from having such an emotional you know, few flashbacks to just having the poker face and that moment where she stares dead into the security camera when they flash over to Tyler. Uh, mm. Fuck face, what's his name? Tyler <laughs> Hayward. Uh, I, I originally wrote down that his name was was Taylor Swordfuck because I, I thought his name was Taylor and he worked for Sword. So that's the thing yeah. also that's interesting. I feel like this whole time every single nerd with their theories speculating has been thinking like, oh, Mef- um, uh, Mephistopheles, I, I got the off, got off Faust there. Yeah. Mephisto is like the big bad or something like that. But A, first off, there doesn't, need to be, doesn't really need to be a big bad for this series. It's more of an internal character story. Mm-hmm. But two, if you want to find a villain, it's the, it's the freaking... Tyler dude from from Sword, like he's Amazing. the closest. I've seen thing. some people theorize yeah. that he actually is Mephisto, which I do not think is the case. But I've seen many people throw that out there. He's no, a, the, he's he's a dick with power. That's what it comes down. Well, the to. thing is, there are moments where he almost seems human. He's like, oh, I'm just you know, this is the reason I'm doing this, but he doesn't seem to get. It. It's like, dude, I'm rich. we're not just going to throw away three billion dollars worth of vibranium here. Are you crazy? He doesn't yeah. realize that there's a connection there. Um, and until he, he be, says, you know, mm-hmm. until he says, you know, oh, it's a shame you can't bring your husband back to life. You know, like, oh, what's that? Yeah, he's very, he's yeah. very evidently with that whole setup trying mm. to bait her because at that point in time, yeah. he'd had the vision's body for years and he'd been trying to mm-hmm. get it back up online and reassembled or whatever the fuck. And it just so happened that on that day, I don't know mm-hmm. why, but she came by, 
and they had it set up out on the table and they had the fucking rotator saws out going to their fucking $3 billion worth of vibranium mm-hmm. and making all the sparks and trying to evoke some violent emotions out of her, whether that be for her to take the body, resurrect the body for whatever reason, Tyler Swordfuck very obviously wants them to bring. She, he thinks that she would be the key in getting him to, you know, come back online or come back to life. Which but is, is he, but is he pulling a Banner Stark thing and trying to recreate Ultron? Does he have his own ideas of what may be going on, or is he pulling an Obadiah Stane where he thinks he should be the only um, person in control of this great power? And well, the one to tell everyone how it works, or is he an interdimensional super being that is in charge of bringing this, you know, the universe is uh, rending them asunder so he can invade? If this was, or is this he was Ultron? Like the scrolls did, or is he Ultron? I've heard that one too. <laughs> yeah, um, I can one if, also. if this were two years back. ago and he was working for Shield or something, mm-hmm. and that was basically the pitch, and he was just some general stand-in man for mm-hmm. Nick Fury and. They're just trying to, you know, put the shield of armor back around the world, especially now that a guy yep. like Tony Stark is out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get it. But there's a reason that it's this all of this is happening under the banner of Sword and that Nick mm-hmm. Fury is still involved. And we mm-hmm. know that because of the end of Spider-Man 2 that Nick Fury is setting up Sword and that he is very much in cahoots with Well the set scrolls. up beforehand by Well, Sword was already set up before with Maria Rambeau. You know, that was already established who made it probably with Nick Fury. The question is also if Hydra infiltrated that. Since Hydra is so deeply ingrained in Wanda's origin, you know, that was what they joined. They were working for the evil secret Nazi organization, essentially. Um, yeah. You know, so the there's always... That's, that's, that's too realistic yeah, for but, our... But oh, like the, the, Europe, the European version. Of too soon? European. Sorry, I apologize. No. Never soon enough. <laughs> Even late enough. <laughs> oh... But with with so much, <laughs> general, I didn't think about Hydra. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because they, they, they didn't go. It's still around. Well, oh, with yeah. so much Hydra imagery, especially tied to this character, and and having so much of it given back to us in flashbacks too. I mean, it it it, it would only it, it wouldn't make sense if it wasn't on our radar to think maybe they've also infiltrated yeah. Sword. But my greater point is. Sentient worlds, not sentient worlds. Sentient weapons now. It used to be sentient world. Was that in the books? But they've changed sentient weapon. Observation. (laughs) What is it? Observation response and sentient weapon observation response department. S W O R D. I believe is that. I think I spelled it. Something. something. Yeah, I I could read sometimes. Or the point is that maybe detection. Maybe I just realized something. Go ahead, buddy. Go for they it. haven't revisited AIM, the beekeeper outfit, yet. No, not, not no, in a while. The beekeeper's still around. But, but, no, they basically... Some it, guy. It was somebody from S.W.O.R.D. Yeah, but... Who went in to try to like with the, the wire costume. on it. Right. And when it gets rewritten, it's put in as a beekeeper. A lot of people thought that was like a swarm thing with... Or no. Maybe yeah, I AIM wish it was thing. Advanced idea mechanics. That's... Listen, listen. I think, personally, that... We need more swarm in our movies. We need a Nazi who is a giant hive of bees. Made a, yeah, just made of bugs. A we cave. need that in a movie. <laughs> just a fucking, we, why not? Uh, it's called Candyman, okay? But he's not a Nazi. But maybe well, the reason right he will there. be. I guess I'm I, I hope to see the, <laughs> to see the MCU version of Candyman, I guess. Uh, we, just, we just need more pestilence. We've already had a plague. Now we need the next one. Honestly, put Tony Todd in a, in, a, in a Marvel film, oh. I'll be down. 
God, that would be great. It'd be amazing, right? So <laughs> I'm going play, with, but someone. I'm going with Tyler Swordfuck as as potentially a scroll, uh, appointed to the head of a uh, of sword for whatever yeah, Nick Fury too. needs him to do right now. But I or think you be an evil I've scroll. Been, I've been exactly. I've been saying it for like a, a while. super scroll. Oh, was just a bad scroll. I don't. I think he's a bad scroll. I don't mm-hmm. think he's. A, I don't think he's super scroll or a super scroll or whatever. I think he's a bad scroll. We've seen good scrolls in Talos and his girlfriend and Captain yep. Marvel to this point. Just as he's. I mean, it could mm. kind of be the you know sort of along the same lines of what you just said with Hydra James. Instead of you know having them set up uh, Shield and eventually Hydra infiltrates, they set up Sword. You know, working hand in hand with the scrolls. There are good scrolls. There are bad mm-hmm. scrolls. Bad scrolls infiltrate sword. It's the same kind of thing. Um, but he ultimately wants to be able to get this kind of technology, this kind of weaponry and vision mm-hmm. to be able to wage war on the scrolls, oldest foes, the Kree. Or defend the Not- world against Monica Rambeau when she goes nuts. Who probably mm-hmm. got her powers from her <laughs> yeah. Kree bud, Carol Not, to be, not to be the shipper on Bro. deck here. But the idea of the scrolls being tied in. Oh, oh yes. (laughs) The idea of, you know, the scrolls being tied in with this series also opens up the door to Hulkling, which would always be interesting to see, especially because they're obviously setting up the Young Avengers. Because you you don't include. We have Speed and Wiccan, too. So, yeah. Yeah, You don't include. I mean, whatever happens to Wiccan and Speed in this, at the end of the show. They, they, they're going to use them for something down the road. I think they'll do the whole demon children disappearing thing in this, but we're like, watching that right now. And what show are you watching? I mean, they are, but like, I mean, like they're going to like do the whole disappearing demon children thing where they vanish and tribes want the crazy pieces are like reinvolved, like reabsorbed into pieces of Mephisto. Like basically nine well, next that, week. Demon yeah. No, no, that'll thing. be the res- That'll be the resolution of um, multiverse of badness. You think so? Yeah. I honestly, I do. I think that my honest opinion at this point is they don't have enough time to breach this to a satisfying ending where it's going to be. I'm going to walk away going, oh, okay, good. This is over. Even in an hour, I don't think they could pull it off. There's too many plot threads. Just I'd too be many happy if they threads. did. So, what I think is going to happen is the tragedy of what happened at the end of House of M, or not, was it House of M that she lost her children? Yeah. No, it was... Um, she lost her children in Scarlet like the Witch 80s, and Vision. but yeah. she gets her memories restored oh, at right. the beginning of the events of House of M, and she yeah. suddenly remembers she had kids a long time ago and goes back and she says, where the fuck about kids at? No, right. Or oh, was that Avengers disassembled? I feel those two stories get blurred together, House of the, M. The, the problem is... The like, point yeah, is they're I all mean, similar. It's all yeah, the anyway, same story. So at the end of the day, <laughs> when the twins, when her children disappear... That's going to be so heart wrenching. That's where the universe just goes. I need to find my kids. Everything's going to go ape shit and crazy. The you know all the worlds start crossing over. That's where you start getting all of the uh, other Spider Men coming in for you know the next Spider Man flick. And then the multiverse of madness is where Doctor Strange comes in to try to save the day. Yeah, that's my thought. Listen, here's here's my response to that. There is no world in this in this universe where Wanda walks away happy. Oh fuck no! <laughs> yeah. No, no entire ex- so if it causes her mm-hmm. anguish and grief, it's gonna happen. Like it's yeah. just that's the rule of this world. Her mm-hmm. life will always lead to terrible things happening to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. It just there's, there's no way that's gonna end positively for her. 
So there are still a couple of things we have to hit on, but because we're already sort of here and, and there are a few things that I imagine will lead up to what we're talking about here to the ultimate, you know, conclusion of this series, this finale, whatever. I'm kind of rule. I'm I'm going down with the ship, dude. I don't give a shit. If it is some big or bad that I, I essentially think that originally I thought it was Agatha who was like the conduit to this big bad. Agatha, I think, is just a, a genuine spectator who was drawn to the event and was like, what's going on with all this magic over here? I need to understand more about it. But something She's just amplified. Chilling. Yeah, she was just hanging out. Just waiting. Uh, but something amplified Agatha's powers, uh, excuse me, um, Wanda's powers in the first place. So when she walks out of sword, uh, two things, right? Um, she didn't, she does not leave with Vision's body, but we definitely have seen security footage earlier in the series of her walking out of there with Vision's body, breaking in, stealing all that well, shit. That's just, uh, mm, did we though? Punk. Yeah, did we? We saw her break through a door, we saw her smash a window and walk through the room with the body. We have to pick up the body with your hands. Walk through the room with the body. You're saying it's just some creative editing, maybe? Oh, yeah. If you look at the footage, it, there's nothing that we that they show in that footage that we didn't see. Oh, and that's assuming that, that the you know, show is a reliable narrator. Yeah, that's generally, also... That, that's Marvel has, is, I mean. Which, which I would say would be a dirty pool on the part of Marvel. Mm. Unless, you know, but I don't know. Well, I do think it's worth pointing out exactly. that she doesn't leave with the body, and we are, we're definitely led to believe that she did bring the body out, and that's what led her to resurrect Vision in Westview, or that's what was able to, you know, let her resurrect. But Vision we do in see, you know, the white Vision being reconstructed, and that's based on her. And that's just the body without the soul. Mm -hmm. So you see Wanda create the soul manifest in her world, which is like the Mind Stone. The as you, know, you see all the, the radiation mm -hmm. of red energy, and you see Vision's body coalesce from yellow energy, like the Mind Stone. That's like the soul of Vision. Then you have the soulless body outside that she, that sword reconstructed well, in the after credit scene. And then you have all the weirdness with how much of um, Vision is still in the Wakanda databanks. Yes, I well, want to point out that get, one how too. Did they get, how do they get Vision out of Wakanda in the first place? Is my question. Oh, um, there's a, with a lifeless husk. It's been five years. They went over with a tractor and picked it up. They heard I Chaswick. Mean, they heard Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah, I mean, what do you think about it? The world lost fifty percent of everybody. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a lot and of confusion going on. And there's no telling that was evenly distributed either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, it was all even. Of Wakanda. True. So they use they use basically the remnants of whatever kind of chaos magic she's got on that drone that had flown in to be able to repower Vision. So so much of what is driving all of what Wanda's able to do, what was able to bring Vision back outside of Westview into the mm -hmm. Spectre White Vision, is just you know reminiscent power of the Mind Stone. What was able to amplify Wanda's powers? Mm -hmm. It might not be a deal with the devil. It could just be the fact that. You know, the Mind Stone, you know, shattered into a million pieces two fucking weeks ago when all this shit went down with her dead android boyfriend and Thanos or however we I forget exactly how the timeline lines up. But mm -hmm. regardless, the Mind Stone now ceases to exist in this reality because it's already something that's been drawn and attracted to her, presumably may have amplified her powers. We already know from those conversations with Tilda Swinton that like you can't really Infinity Stones can't really cease to exist within a universe. They just kind of take on a different form. 
Maybe they just kind of take on a different form and go into Wanda, and that's what's made her so powerful. It could be something as simple as that. Exactly. Or it could be even worse. It could be like the very end of St. Elsewhere, where it all existed in a little kid Nakoma's mind. (laughs) I mean, they do say... All the, really, Dick Van, really all the Dick Van Dyke, all the Dick Van Dyke stuff in this uh, this episode, it's like it's all it was all just a walnut, you know, all like <laughs> kind of like allusions to self contained nonsense, and that yep. it was all a dream kind of stuff. And I think I don't, the, I don't think that that's would, the case. That would be I bad. think the, it's all just a dream. I think technically, you guys bite mostly right. Technically, in that the world that Wanda created is the dream. I don't think it's the mm-hmm. actual world beyond that is. Um, but I, I do not. think one. I hope not. That'd be so. really terrible. Unless it's, it's, it's be fair, Sam right maybe might do that as a joke in Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> right. right. Which would be awesome. It would be hilarious. Like the, like the very it's, end of um Men in Black with the little people. Just thinking that too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or worse in the sequel when they have its all big locker. Yeah. I like the, the first I like the first one more, but that second one twist was like this is the stupidest shit I've seen ever. <laughs> yeah. I do a good thing but bad. Kyle's trying when, to talk. Yes, no, I you're know. good, guys. When we leave the sword facility, though, she gets into her car, and that's where the deed for this plot in Westview is. That oh, was heartbreaking. Who that was heartbreaking. Fuck... Listen, guys, I don't believe for a goddamn minute that Vision was like, yo, the key to fucking breaking Wanda out of her depression is for me to buy a plot of land in New Jersey that doesn't have a fucking house on it. Oh, no, it did five years ago. Legend. It did five years ago. What if it was like a house that was knocked down? Maybe. All right. I uh, didn't consider that. My point is, though, how did the deed get into her car? Who left the deed for her? Even if Vision genuinely did purchase the deed and left it to her and now has been dead for a few weeks, who put the deed on that seat? Tell you right now. Why did she go there? You, okay. Who made and, her go there? Okay. You've had a shit relationship. And when you went to go to try to re- try to apologize or try to make good, did you hold that last note for a few minutes and read it to go, God, I was a dick? I'm going to try to fix this. Throw that I'm not the right down. person to ask that question to. I'm emotionally incapable, but Aunt, you can maybe respond. Did you cut that bitch? Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 I'm not sure so funny. No, but... <laughs> it's... <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> Go on. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, I think one thing it could be is just it could just be a PO box. They might have sent like a PO box system back and forth to each other. But that's also me taking too that much would, thought. Wait into a minute, it. a PO box that would drop a fucking deed onto the front seat of her car, like a a magic PO box. Is that what you're saying? What kind of unless it was a PO there. box? I don't know. <laughs> the mobile address. I, don't know. I was I mean, pulling shit out of my ass at this point. All right. I, I understand. Mean, if you had that. an owl, I could see that. I mean, yeah. if this was Harry it's Potter, cool, yeah, this was some Horcrux shit, I'd be down. No, <laughs> this is exactly where my brain went when I saw this scene, right? Because I, I worked in the real estate world for most of the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. When I hear the word deed, I think of the word not contract contract isn't the right word but a deed is basically to say you own this thing Mm. this contract this piece of paper says you are the owner of this thing so Mm. when i see the word deed a a, a legal word like contract popped into my brain automatically maybe not exactly a perfect lineup but like it's all in the similar you know kind of vernacular in that world Mm. in, in terms you know contract deals Deals with who? Right, so the, 
Well, that's what I, th- I was thinking of when I first saw that. I before she opens it up and shows what it is, I'm thinking, oh, a letter. There's gonna be some like contract and some. Mm-hmm. I think keep saying Mephistopheles. Well, he was some Mephisto contract thing going on here. So but, uh, this is one thing that, uh, and you know, obviously we've been discussing spoilers this whole time. Hi, buddy. How are you? How are you? Oh. This is my youngest. This is Hayden. Hey, Hayden. Hey, Hayden. How are you, Hayden? Hey, buddy. Oh, he probably can't hear us, can yeah, he? Yeah, you have earphones oh. on. <laughs> Bummer. Hey, buddy. How are you, man? How's it going, Hayden? How you doing? Good? Oh, he's all set. He doesn't want to talk to your nerdy friends. Good. Good, Hi. man. Awesome, cool. man. What, what you up to today? Nothing. You're just hanging out with your dad? Yes. Then I want cool. him to just nap all over my bed. It explodes. It, what? What oh, exploded? No. My bed. Oh my That's god! A... I just want to nap all over it until it explodes. <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. Man. That's the delirium talking at this point. <laughs> hey, why don't you tell him what's your favorite part about WandaVision so far? Oh. Suspense is killing me. Yeah, what's no, your favorite like, scene? Well, I anxiously am awaiting his answer. He's exploding. Probably music at the end. <laughs> you, like, you like the music, huh? Did you like the Agatha All Along song? What? Did you like the It's Been Agatha All Along? Did you like that song? Oh, no. <laughs> no, you didn't like that one? That was my favorite ending song. Everyone's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. That's, I get that's all good. Do you have any do you have any predictions for how the show is going to end, Hayden? No, me either. I don't really know either. Anything could happen at this point. One thing I wish is in a movie a thousand dinosaurs just mixed together. I was gonna say, judging from your pajamas, you're being like a big dinosaur fan. Is that right? Good to have goals. Yeah. Oh, nice. Like if we had dinosaurs, I'd just have all the dinosaurs combined into one. <laughs> I would just have a dinosaur society. I was thinking about everybody, so I get back to work. <laughs> okay. See you Bye. later, buddy. Bye. It was Bye. nice to talk to you. Bye. 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 Take care. <laughs> Thanks for humoring. I hugely appreciate it. That was That's all good, dude. So, funny thing is, so we, I'm telling you, uh, when we're giving the kids their COVID test last week, um, I've got my son, my oldest, Hayden's in the middle, Vivian, my daughter's on the left, and she's in tears because she thinks mommy's going to die because mommy has COVID. Oliver mm-hmm. is immediately wraps a towel around his head and is like, oh my God, you know, what's going on? He's a bit of a germaphobe. And Hayden is just sitting there. Perfectly calm, just staring off into space with the legs out in front of him. That kid never stops moving. He didn't move for like five minutes. We're getting Vivian calmed down and trying to get everything figured out. I'm like, hey, hey, um, you doing okay, kid? He's like, what? Oh, what, dad? Yeah, you doing okay? You have any questions? Like, sorry, dad. I was just thinking about dinosaurs. I'm like, (laughs) what? Okay, well, yeah. what about dinosaurs? And he goes, well, I was thinking that if I had a dinosaur, I'd ride it all the time. And if I rode it all the time, would my legs fall off? <laughs> yeah, man. I, I feel, like, I feel like your kid and I are in the same wavelength. At least like when I was like 10 years old, I was on that. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> if that you thing. don't use your legs, you lose your legs, right? Oh. If I ride a dinosaur constantly, am I going to lose my legs? Yeah, oh, but, yeah. The little theory of evolution works. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. 
There's a lot to consider, man. The fucking plight of like what? He's seven, you said? Eight. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. The plight of an eight year old, man. Important questions. And uh, all that went through my head is you know what? You're going to be just fine. (laughs) I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that for you, that is a perfect reaction. So, Way to disassociate from the weird ass reality that is our world right oh now, kid. Lord, I wish seriously. I could do the same. He's asking the tough questions, the real tough questions. Yeah. Well, that's the shitty part about being an adult is you get to the point where no one asks you what your favorite dinosaur is anymore. They never yeah, ask me it, once. No, it's they actually don't even have an answer. I actually was asked that question as an adult. <laughs> what? Well, but the, the thing was, we we're talking about like kids obsessed with. My fiance is an elementary school teacher, special education specifically. So, yeah. you know, one kid's obsessed oh, with dinosaurs. So, you only know. one? Actually, surprisingly so. Yeah, right? Sad. <laughs> the others, have their, they have, <laughs> others have their own obsessions, but there's one yeah. who's like super obsessed with dinosaurs and Godzilla. So, yeah. yeah. Like, and, what? Right, so, he, so, she was asked, you know, what's your favorite dinosaur? And she's like, I don't have to answer that. And then she asked me, what's your favorite dinosaur? Just kind of. So that's the whole conversation in a nutshell, right there. Just talking no, about it's kids. Not the whole conversation. Them. The whole conversation is, "What's your favorite dinosaur?" Well, oh, well, obviously, kaiju. I want to know what his oh, favorite like, Godzilla is. Well, to answer the first question for dinosaurs, it was the Dinonychus because it's like a big ass raptor. Yep. Bullshit With strategy, big intelligent claws, big claws, and, very clever and two fingers. All right, there you go. You know, although I think like Triceratops would be one of the yeah. runner up. You know, you know, T Rex is the is the obvious answer. It's like. It's like saying your favorite team is like the Yankees. Like, yeah, you might be right, but that's not interesting. But what about the White Sox? (laughs) Kyle, what's your favorite dinosaur? I'm going to go with Triceratops. Good one. Good standby. Strong horns. Yeah, no, he's low to the ground. Uh, He's got all the horns. He's hard as fuck. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, Kaiju. I don't know if I think I have a favorite Kaiju. If I had to pick one off the top of my head. And I can't pick Godzilla because obviously I always pick Godzilla. It's too obvious. Yep. I think I have to go with either. I mean, Mothra is an easy pick too. How could you not love her? Yeah, but I was gonna say Mothra, An- honestly. <laughs> Angarius, I think, is one of my faves. Like you know, he's Godzilla's first buddy. He's the first one he fights in. You know, Godzilla raids again. Godzilla Gakshu counterattack. Uh, I, I do, and like, you know, I've learned a lot more because of my buddy, you know, Brandon Doczilla. We miss you, Brandon. We know we don't, we know that you don't listen to the podcast, butthole, but we miss you. Um, his affinity for Angaris has definitely rubbed off on me. So I'm going with Angaris. With Mothra, okay. but also having a Biolante as my secondary choice there. Hey, man. <laughs> Nature is beautiful. So is plants. So is James, dinosaur. Kaiju, go. <laughs> dinosaur, Ankylosaurus. Ah, good choice, good choice. Because you, you get the cool spikes on the side, you get the badass club tail, and they just have a cool look to them. I, I Just something about it. They look like they should be able to run fast, but their stubby legs make it weird. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say <laughs> okay. this right here. If anyone says Pachycephalosaurus is your favorite dinosaur, you are like the guy who drinks like cra- like the IPAs mm-hmm. <laughs> from the microbrewery, which are cool, so you get that's God my damn. my oldest. His favorite is Pachycephalosaurus. Oh, I keep with those IPAs when he gets of age. <laughs> that's well, what he's going to be. It's the spikes coming out of the sides of the head. And uh, the big and bone heads. I love it. Freaking great. And then oh, Kaiju. Um, the beast from 20,000 20, Fathoms. That's a good choice. So right. for me, I'm a that. big 
Ray Harryhausen fan, and that was the first one to bring in the atomic element into the giant monster world. Um, that paved the way for Godzilla. And mm. it's really good stop-motion animation. It's really good compositing, really good scene work. And that was kind of the prototype for the next 20 years of monster films. Respect for that. And, and I do like that we're talking about this now because you know Godzilla vs. King Kong is going to be dropping Fuck in yeah. about can I, can I three weeks. So I, um, yeah. we'll definitely be doing that in the podcast. I'm going to get Brandon out of retirement for that one. Thank you. He's, uh, Congratulations, you've been on on your podcast for about three hours. It is, but it's been a good conversation, dude. But it's been a good one, dude. It's been Come fun. On. Stop, stop, making, stop making fun of it. And you want to make this all better? Right. He just um, brought me so, tater tots. Oh, dude, tater tots? Kids brought oh, you tater tots. That's good. Yeah, you, that's win, almost, this, you win this one. That's, no that's definitely a sign. That, it's definitely a sign we're going to wrap it up soon. But no, we, we totally sure. will cover uh, Kong and God, versus Godzilla when that comes out in a few weeks. So... Um, Actually, I'll post the link in the show notes to the original King Kong Godzilla movie from 19, I want to say 64. I could be wrong on the year. I want to say it's 63, but I could be wrong as well. I'm not going to. It could be. I'm not going to bet either, your life on it, but. It's between 62 and 64. Yeah, I'm not going to bet your life on it, but. I would say it has to be later because. Oh, God, what was it? Godzilla uh, was 1954, and mm-hmm. it was eight years after. Right. Was it was 1964. Oh, 62. 62. 62 sounds right. Yeah. So, I think Mothra came out in 1960 and Mothra's yeah. in that movie. I just got to look this up now. It bothers me. Yeah, this, is, right. this is one of those small yep, things. Yep, 1962. Okay, 62. there you go. Like, so yep. if you want to hear me and Brandon's first take on the original Godzilla vs. Kong movie, there's a link in the show notes. Go check it out but we'll be covering that in depth but let's finish up this WandaVision stuff. So yes. I'm, cons- I'm, I'm definitely thinking that the, whoever left Wanda's uh, the deed to her plot in Westview on her front seat of her car. I'm thinking that person, you know, so much of the Mephisto the conversation, so much of the Mephisto yeah. conversation that we've had has been like around how do you justify bringing in a character in the last episode and have it make sense? So mm. this is something I talked about with Marcus the other day on the manga chapter review for Dragon Ball Super 69. Go check it out if you haven't, but I teased it to him. I'm like, oh, man, something got ruined for me potentially the other day for WandaVision. I talked to James about it. You made a reference to it earlier, Ant, so I don't have any problems bringing it up to you. Mm-hmm. I was scrolling through my, my YouTube suggested videos feed, and it was, you know, from one of the comic book uh, you know, channels I watch. The title was something to the effect of Confirmed Mephisto Appearance Episode 9, Al Pacino. That's a rumor. There's no nothing. Conf- I'll tell you this right now. From what I understand, there's no, there's no actual confirmation that Al Pacino is going to be playing Mephisto because he already played Satan in The Devil's in Advocate. Devil's Advocate, yeah. which would make all the sense in the world for him to be able to step into this role now. But mm. from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, but within the last few weeks, he was in a media interview. And this mm-hmm. is becoming a really common question for people who are yet to be in the Marvel universe. Like, if you could be in the MCU, mm-hmm. who would you want to play? And he was asked this question, and he got very like quiet, uncomfortable. Like, didn't really know how to answer it. And basically, his answer was like, "I'm not really sure how to answer that because I don't want to get in trouble." But I, I've met with Kevin Feige, and that's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. where and he, he and left he met it. with Kevin Feige in 2016. Is yeah, best I can figure. 
So, all right. So that's when the meeting, or or that's when that meeting happened. Do we know if the the media interview that I'm talking about? Do we know if that's as recent as I think it is, or no? I tried stalking, but then I got distracted by dinosaurs. So yeah, makes sense, man. I tried talking to him, but he was too tired of the Golden Globes. Just didn't see that he was up for conversation. (laughs) 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 If I could put all the dinosaurs together at the Golden Globes with Al Pacino, that'd be uh, that'd be that'd be actually fun. Actually, that would make the Golden Globes worth watching. But who yeah, would no. be a better, well, that, that be a better person? Sean hair. Yes. Sean Penn, you can yeah, always make fun of Sean Penn's who, hair. Easily. Who would be a better Happily. person to play Mephisto, to play an incarnate of the devil within the Marvel you know, Cinematic Universe than Al Pacino? There's only one person you can think of. Only Who's one. Uh, Matt Damon? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. Do you think Ian McKellen is Mephisto? I don't think so. Be? I'm just saying he, if Ian McKellen was Mephisto, that Gandalf was coming out of Satan would be what well, I expect. Well, I actually great. have something on Ian McKellen in a second, but with Al Pacino, oh, yeah. as far as his justification of only showing up for one appearance seconds. or one, maybe it could be just one scene at the end. It could be the post credit scene of the end of all of this. And it's revealed that he's the one who left the deed on the seat that brought her to this point in New Jersey. That's just located off of this nexus that held the fucking dark, dark hold book that, amplified her powers or whatever the heck it could be something drew her to that place there i don't know what it was i don't know who it was but if you show me that it's al pacino in a post-credit scene and give me the hint that he's going to be the main villain in multiverse of madness versus you know dr strange multiverse of madness that makes sense to me i don't know i'll raise one devil. more it's just okay. devil <laughs> Jersey Devil. Jersey <laughs> Devil. That's damn it. awesome. That'd be amazing. You waited the entire time for that. Yes. Nice. That was good. That was some restraint. Um, but with one, uh, one name. Sure. If you're gonna go that route, I got one better in a second than Al Pacino any day of the week. Don't say it's Robert De Niro. I'll you see in the ball. Nope. That was already an Angel Heart. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, what do you got? It's also Jack good too. Nicholson. But would he you know, come out? Would he come out of his Knicks game, like like the like games? Can, can you really see Jack Nicholson working in the MCU? Yes, yes, on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um. After what they pulled with uh Kurt Russell and everybody else that they brought in, I don't care who they cast. Honestly, they're going to choose the right person. Yeah, I mean, hell, it could be freaking. I don't know. It could be Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, and he would probably mm. work just as well. It could yeah. be freaking Freddie Prince Jr., and they would find a way to make it work. It's funny because the devil in the pale moonlight in <laughs> Westview, New Jersey. Well, <laughs> Jack Nicholson is a New Jersey is a New, New Jersey native, so you know there you uh, go. Double double Wait, New Jersey get a load of stuff me. going on. Yeah, right. Or they're just being Vito. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, okay. God, there's a joke for that actually. Well, no, work. no, but but he would look. He would actually be not hard to make up into the John Byrne version of Mephisto, where he oh changed it from the red perfect. suit to the little toad-like guy. He'd be perfect. Oh man. Oh God, there's he, a few people who play Mephisto really well, actually. But no, honestly, they're going to bring uh, they're going to bring someone in younger, probably than everyone mm. we're thinking is my yeah. thought. Um, that could make sense. Um, with the as far as the like the I twins, know. I mean, yeah. obviously at the end of this episode, they're, oh, they're, they're freaking the ghosts. They're they're gonna be dust. Yeah, but the next yeah. time we see them, uh, you know, maybe we'll see shots of them still in this ten year old age, you know, bracket that we see them then. But at the end of the series, they're definitely gonna be phased out. How the way in which they were made in the books, basically, Wanda's <sighs> magic mis- mixes with pieces of Mephisto's soul, and they make these boys. 
Mephisto needs to reabsorb those pieces to be able to become one or whole again, basically. I don't, I don't even think it'll be that that difficult. I think they're just gonna have the kids disappear and then hop up from another multiverse and come back into this world. That's my theory. I mean, I regardless, the next time we see these kids are gonna be teenagers. Like mm-hmm. not not the actors themselves. I mean they're gonna be teenage versions are. of these same characters yeah. in the Young Avengers movie. Gotta make the Young Avengers. Probably get, taking on a young Kang or whatever the fuck. Gotta get Hulkling and, and Wiccan to, you know. You want Hulkling out. so bad. You've got the biggest yes. heart on for Hulkling. Jesus. No. no not no, wrong, You just want to see two teenage curve. Avengers. You just want to <laughs> see two teenage <laughs> no. Avengers make out. I see. No, I just think they're they, 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 a good couple. That's all. I just think it's a good ship. That's <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah, they're the cutest couple. We know. And <laughs> so we'll see what happens <laughs> in terms of who left the deed on Wanda's front seat. But the last yeah. thing is the post credit scene, the second post credit scene. I guess we didn't really talk about fake Pietro at all. Because um, he may not matter. I don't think he does. He's just if there. That's the, if that's yeah. the case, I, I refuse. I refuse to fucking think that they were just like, it'll be a cool Easter egg for the fans no, if we cast Evan Peters. It's a gag. It's a hilarious it's a gag. gag. <laughs> it's no, a great gag. Larger story implications. And larger story it's implications. just like the witch. They never mention fake Darren. They just go, oh, okay. Oh, she was a fembot all along. Oh yeah. no, it's such James. a great it's, it's such a You just made film. it make sense. No. Yeah. It's a multi-level gag. It works no, on every level. And honestly, his delivery and his characterization was far better than uh regular uh Aaron Taylor, whatever oh, his name is. A hundred percent. Aaron also, Taylor Fuckface was the worst. The one of the best parts about those later X-Men movies you know? is Quicksilver. Yeah. For, for sure. But they talk about mm-hmm. it in the beginning scene with Agatha a little mm-hmm. bit, like you know, he was my eyes and ears, basically. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do any necromancy because your brother's body is full of holes on another and continent. Dead, and I can't raise the dead, but you can. Actually, but, I also have to admit, I do love the it, fact that she, her, her big issue with this wasn't that she couldn't use necromancy, but she was too lazy to go across the other country to pick up the body. But I'm telling you, it raises the question, mm-hmm. why was he pulled into the hex in the first because place? He's The it, idea of him is remind... It, the, the Her memory... The memory of him is brought up a couple of times, once by Monica and mm-hmm. then again by the twins. The second time it happens, much different circumstances. She doesn't fucking kick her twins out of the hex, but mm-hmm. maybe her brain's a little bit more open to it. I'm telling you, I think the, the snap brought back people into different or wrong from different universes or universes. He was brought back mm-hmm. around the same time as Monica Rambeau. At or around the same time Monica's having these memories of her brother come in, her grief, whatever. And that's what pulled him into the hex. Agatha doesn't know why he's there all of a sudden, but she knows that he can control him and he's got super speedster abilities. So what you're saying that's is the snap did. didn't bring back people from five years later. They brought people back from other places. It could bring back anybody Just anywhere. It, basically, from, you could use from universes that were close enough, and then the multiverse man is the universe trying to write itself. The, the snap is the perfect example for Kevin Feige to say, I like Deadpool, I like Quicksilver. Fuck Scott Mars in and this Jean Grey lookalike bitch. I don't want them. They didn't get snapped over here. I like this version of Colossus. Mm-hmm. I like you know what I mean? Like it lets well, him be able to pick and choose and say, they just got snapped over in the snap. The other ones, who knows? Maybe we'll see them someday in the future. Our, Probably not, but the possibility exists. The thing is also I think we have to look at the obvious implications with what's coming next. Like, regardless of if that theory proves true or not, they are going to explore the multiverse more extensively in the coming like several films so something has to happen by the end of this series as a catalyst to get that ball rolling 
-hmm. It may not be exactly what we think it is going to be. And it might not even be as explicit as we think it might be, but it's going to be a crack in dimensions or partitions of whatever that has to get everything rolling. What I think is going to happen most likely is Wanda's whole rewriting of reality is going to go haywire or out of her control and cause some like fissure in reality to splinter somewhere. And through that fissure, you're going to see the events of Spider-Man 3. And what follows is Doctor Strange kind of trying to fix it up and going like, listen, we have to, like, like Wanda, the fuck? Like, let's figure out how to fix this so you don't, like, Wanda cause another issue. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so that's what I think is going to happen. I think you got like, a resolution to the plots building here, but that resolution is going to cause some fucking occur I think everything that you just outlined could definitely coincide with like the thing that I said about the snap like the, exactly. fact that the snap could have done that where it brought back people into the wrong reality or whatever and then mm. Wanda has this crazy cosmic you know multiverse breaking yep. freak out at the same time it just kind of compounds the problem at which point Doctor Strange has to deal with it so that kind of begs the final point I want to move to before we wrap it up here who's going to play the living tribunal <laughs> who's going to be oh, I'm sorry, the what? final Who's going to be the final cameo? Because Paul Bettany, several weeks back, Paul hinted at this. Paul Bettany. Yeah. It's going to be Paul Bettany. <laughs> Paul Bettany's so, acting with himself. Some people theorize that it would be Benedict Cumberpatch as Doctor Strange to step in as a, at, in a cameo at the very end. Eh. I was going off on this whole thing about maybe it would be Ian McKellen or Paul uh, <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart. And then we know now that there's a second version of Vision out there, and he could have just been trolling us all along. And the person he's always wanted to do a scene with his entire career was himself. I mean, he did you know, another actor. <laughs> I can't blame him. I mean, James Spader, but you don't want to wa work with James Spader. You want to watch James Spader work. No, James Spader. You don't want to work with, work with James Spader. James, James Spader, Spader works with you. Mm -hmm. um, so he's technically already done that already, though. With, uh, with Age of White Ultron. Vision, Spectre Vision uh, coming into this whole scenario here. I mean, the big thing for where the series from which this character comes out of is the the West Coast Avengers arc in the 1980s. Yep. And this is one of the more notable things. And basically, when he comes back, he's resurrected not as... Um, as a soulless know, white robot. Soulless. Yeah, soulless basically. is the adjective I needed. Yeah. Um, he still has like all the functions and abilities and knowledge all the and from the past, but... He does not have that same kind of human component that we've seen so evident in Vision previously to this. And it's kind of highlighted by the fact that he's white and, and opaque and soulless looking. Um, but in this case, it's because he's been resurrected not by the energy of the Mind Stone, but by some leftover residue energy on the drone that Wanda touched that came out <clears> of the <throat> thing. And that was able to, to no. restart he's his got power. Blue eyes. It was a freaking Night King, dude. Oh, is that what you think? No. So here's the, so, God. <laughs> so here's the real question after you guys. Do you think it's going to be like a search for Spock kind of thing where it ends up like the two parts mingling together and becoming one or they got to both die? Not immediately. Not immediately, There's yeah. got to be a long I'm, game. I'm, going, I'm yeah. going with what you said, and I think that we're going to see the two of them face off and the only way in which Vision walks out of the Westview Anomaly is if the two of them kind of merge together into one in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, somehow. or they both horribly die. One yeah. of the two. We're or there's some component so, that's missing. And then Wanda will get to watch not her boyfriend get killed, not once, but twice, back-to-back. -back, uh, Technically, three times. Technically three times. She'll get to watch two different versions uh, of her boyfriend get killed concurrently as they kill each other. That's like a whole other level of trauma. Yeah. That's some reverse House of M event shit. So Wanda can never be happy. There's no world where she's happy. 
however it happens, the twins are going to get involved. And if if it's one vision, two vision, doesn't matter. The kids are going to die. Yeah, that's it. And or they're going to get lost in the rift of the multiverse, and she's lost. got to find them. Yeah, killed. I don't think lost. Yes, and she is going to absolutely lose mm-hmm. her nonsense when she realizes that. I mean, regardless of the outcome of the vision versus the double vision battle, mm-hmm. ha ha. ha. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to lose those kids in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and she that's needs exactly to. what triggers House of M events. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me back my children. No more mutants. All that. It's going to be a reverse version of that. And then at some point, she needs to realize that they were not figments of her creation. She did not create life at any point. She just brought in people. Like Quicksilver I mean, may have been the mailman that he, she repurposed his mind for. The kids could have been two other babies from somewhere else. But those kids, she brought in from another reality where she was their mother. That's the only thing maybe, I can think of. Maybe, and because and otherwise, kind of it's kidnapping the... and it gets creepy. Well, it speaks to the idea of her being a nexus being and potentially, you know, her being visited. She has that vision wherein she vision, not to be confused with the character vision, mm-hmm. but she's visited by like, uh, I don't know, a, a light figure of herself almost with mm-hmm. the with the scarlet witch mm-hmm. kind of crown up there, yeah. which almost kind of speaks to the idea that she is a nexus being. She is the same within all realities. And maybe it's just I don't know. I don't want to say one version of a Scarlet Witch coming to visit another because that kind of undercuts exactly what I'm saying here. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know, almost like that that piece of her was activated from within the greater power of the Nexus being of Scarlet Witch. Like, I, I, I don't really know how to really put it into words. I imagine Kevin Feige will maybe find a, a way to make what I'm saying make sense. But she's now held up as this different it, a lot of it kind of reminds me almost of like uh of like the phoenix force mm-hmm. and how like yeah you know once every yeah know, however many thousand years or something it finds the person mm-hmm. in which to co-mingle its powers with because it's powerful enough to cohabitate it makes this ultimate destructive force like it's it's a little bit like that to me in terms of how they seem to be setting up the scarlet which is like this generational thing Maybe mm. Agatha's mother was like one version of it. Agatha was 2.0. 400 years later, we see Wanda doing her thing with this, you know, hex incident um, anomaly. And uh, she's like 8.0 or something. And mm. Agatha's trying to deal with that. Um, I've been having I've been having a pet theory about that, actually, with the Scarlet Witch's role in the MCU. Uh, and this is entirely a superficial, dumb theory that's probably wrong. But... I think there's a connection between the Scarlet Witch's powers and Mephisto's powers directly, because you look at the aesthetic of both, both very, very red. Um, my best bet is that Mephisto will be dragged in because he'll be like some source of chaos magic. Mm-hmm. And one reason that, um, that Agatha Harkness is so freaked out by Wanda is because she's basically like a walking, like freaking cesspool. Yeah, conduit. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of Mephisto's energy or some evil magic of some mm-hmm. kind. And that'd be a great way of bringing Mephisto into Doctor Strange well, 2 and Spider-Man 3 or whatever. Well, it ties back feeling... into the first Doctor Strange when the... Uh, exactly. When, what's the ancient one with Dormammu, yeah. Mentioned where you get the power from the universes from. I mean, from exactly. the multiverses. That could be a really clever way of doing uh, it, I think. Yeah. That's pretty tight. Um, yeah. right, Can't wait so... till Friday! I feel like, yeah, we, yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we've hit all the major beats here. Is there any other major uh, predictions we want to get out of the way here? Or yeah, I think, what, I, Darcy. Talk to me about Darcy. Oh, dude, put to me. Put, what outfit will she wear next week? Oh, dude, put her in that fucking circus yeah. thing again. Dude. Oh, God damn. 
I just Isn't love it? the attitude of her character. Oh my god, it's yeah. Just fucking hilarious. I've always I've always been... liked the character, but I never like liked her as much as I do in this. Like she's just yeah. so just so likable in this. Ugh. I'm gonna spoil you. I'm gonna spoil something for you guys. She is um a very attractive woman. Mm-hmm. She's got a very enigmatic personality, a very easy for she's very charismatic. People like her. Mm-hmm. Um what she's doing is Darcy is basically the same shit she did on that terrible fucking two broke girls in a pizza shop show. Yeah, but that was be- that wasn't as good as this. Mm-hmm. Same no, thing. You're right. This is not, just better. My point, my point is, she's always the same person, more or less. It seems, and every right. and anything that I see her play, sometimes she's pretty girl with a mouth and glasses. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's pretty girl with a mouth and a waitress skirt. Or whatever. Did you ever Apron. see her photo shoot with Jessica Chastain? Uh, I saw her titties once. Is that what you're talking about? Good lord. Kind of more classy, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not as good though. <laughs> well, I mean, right, so I wanna, effective. If you uh, if you're if a lesbian, you then the... you'd love this photo shoot. Ooh, I don't need. I don't it. need to be a lesbian to love people. Yeah, I'm well, a lesbian on the right? inside. I mean. Yeah. So uh, if you've made it to the end here, uh, I want to thank you for taking a listen to our long rambling, crazy theories about WandaVision. <laughs> This Friday season finale going to be a great time. And then we've got, I think two weeks and then we've got uh, the kickoff for Falcon and winter soldier. I don't expect those two series to butt up against each other or um, influence each other all of that much, but I'm sure there'll be a little bit. It'll still be fun to have Falcon and winter soldier to cover uh, semi regularly here on super dope in the meantime. Uh, But I want to thank, Ant. I want to thank James for coming on and spending some time. You want to what, like a three hour version of this conversation. Uh, Yeah. It's yeah, great. we're close, dude. <laughs> yeah. Patreon. I still, I still have to go edit Just Stuff League too for tomorrow morning. Oh my goodness! Uh, Patreon.com/slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. Links are in the show notes. Uh, go check out that King Kong Godzilla thing I mentioned earlier. Uh, Ant, where can people find you? What do you plug in? Where can people oh, find your stuff? Oh, just go. Uh, find me on Twitter at uh, a. You will spell out in the doobly doo. I imagine. Um, Twitter, yeah. uh, CBR. Um, no, let's talk about your last name real quick. It's got a silent G. It's A as in Apple for Anthony, but oh, G- yeah. I'm saying Apple. It's G R A M A. No, G. No, nope, you already, already failed. Gramu. Hold on, I got this. G R A G R A Mu M U G L I A. Yeah, you got it. But yeah. the the G after the U is silent. Exactly, it's like a weird Italian sound. Yeah, Gumulia. And I can, yeah, said, yeah, my my stepfather's last name has a very similarly um, annoyingly. Those romantic G. languages always do that nonsense. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Ramagl, Ramaglia. Oh, is, is still not, Mr. still not the worst. Home? Still not no, the worst pronunciation I've seen. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I've yeah. I've heard some bad ones. I've heard the telemarketers try. They yeah. Mm. So, all right. Sorry, dude. Uh, at a Grimulia on Twitter, CBR, uh, CBR, Sue. various different sites. Mary Sue, Anime Feminist, uh, Anime Planet, uh, oh, Anime Herald, Anime Planet's a different site. I didn't vote for them. Yeah, uh, we don't work for Anime Planet. Fuck no. those guys. I mean, my extensive know. content creation with uh, bankruptcy and personal injury law in New Jersey. Which <laughs> 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 is the thing I did, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna advertise wait, that. Wait, it's not you fun. Committed bankruptcies and personal injuries. No, and no, I worked for lawyers who, oh. who dealt with it. <laughs> oh, okay. That's condemnation for that. That's like nuance. That's nuance. That's stuff that uh, that is not related to the nerdy stuff. No, it's not fun to be either. Unless you want to, unless you have a real interest in New Jersey bankruptcy. Which, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, very, if, very, you do, very if, if you do, if you do, good luck with that. <laughs> All right. 
All right, cool, man. Well, thank you for being on. Uh, James Sup, uh, where can people find you and your stuff, man? Just Google me, James Sup, S-U-P-P. That's it. Wow. Check That's out Antiques sick. Roadshow. Check out the Just Stuff League. But, dude, I'm all over the internet. I've got yeah, memes it, now. It's awesome. If you want to he- <laughs> Wait, you've got memes? What is it about your mustache and all that? Uh, no, um, I've got a couple of gifts that I didn't make that other people have. But basically, I have me, seen many gifts of you within me, the tenor keyboard. Yeah, yes. me whipping out the lightsaber, um, jumping around the space suit, um, opening up the uh, prison escape head in the box, uh, one playing the little fruit, little uh, ocarina from Zelda uh, badly. Um, <laughs> there's like six or seven of them now. Damn, man. So, so you can check them out. Antiques Roadshow. Awesome. Is a good way to play the ocarina, though? <laughs> See, like, right Only in Legends of Zelda. Yeah, I tried to play it. this one, and uh, no, I had I had not played an ocarina in almost twenty five years. By the time I picked it up, and I blew, mm. and that's I made it not in the best way. Hey, probably the best I would. Honestly, yeah, one. The only good way to play an ocarina is is if it is to summon your horse Epona to be able to ride to the next village very quickly. Or um, a dinosaur, cool man. Or dinosaur. If I could ride a dinosaur and not lose my legs as a result, I'm down. Why would why, why, uh, a freaking hack it? First. <laughs> I think um, from the from the conversation today, definitely uh, a lot of theories to chew on, a lot of things for you guys to think about throughout the week. But if you want to hear me and James uh, deal with some nonsense, I'll say. You know? uh, I'll be honest. There's a lot of value to be gained by listening to the episodes. There is amusing anecdotes. There are some knowledgeable bits brought to you, and you get to see Kyle almost loses his shit on a regular basis, and that never stops being funny. Yeah, yeah that's actually. fair. And, and, you know, super, especially listeners who've been with me for a long time, like early Super Dope yeah. stuff, where 90% of the material is just me telling my friends to shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, if you want to see a graduated version, a gr- more grown-up version of Kyle telling people to shut the fuck up, but a little bit more eloquently... And still get paid for it at the yeah. end of the day. He gets paid uh, to, to not tell people to shut the fuck up. It's awesome to hear attempted restraint. Yeah. It's masterful, man. It's what I think about all day. It's just how to tell people to knock it off without having to actually say the words, knock it off. Kill yourself, fool. <laughs> all right, man. It's going to do it for Dragon Ball Super Dope. Make sure you go check us out on all the socials, the Patreons, all the places. At DB Super Dope on Instagram. At DB Super Dope, the number one on Twitter. Uh, check out the Facebook group, Roshi Secret Stash. No Facebook page because of the Nazis. Long story. That's going to do it. Uh, we'll check you guys out next time for whatever the fuck we end up talking about. <laughs> What's up with Da-da-da. the goddamn Nazis? So that's oh, Snyder not- Cut. <laughs> <laughs> so the same, the same kids who, who did the release the Snyder Cut stuff. <laughs> We're the same kids who really liked Vic Magnagna, who is the voice actor for Broly. Oh my god, the Dragon Ball fandom. That's how Ant and I originally met, was dealing with these fucking chuds on Twitter. That's how we became friends. But in the oh, midst yeah. of all of that Nazi chudness in 2019, early 2019, I had my mass, I had my Facebook page uh, mass reported by a coordinated group of those motherfuckers. And, yeah, pretty uh, fucking out of their minds. Yeah, 5,000, 6,000 likes down the drain. I was pissed. Oof. I just had wow. to write a report. I had to write like an article about them once, and they, I got like seventeen different uh, Facebook messages. People I never knew, like look at the, look at them up. Like, oh, what's going on here? Like, yeah, fuck you, you asshole. Fuck, every like one of them was yeah. the same. <laughs> like, that I is, just wrote a news article. It's not anything. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it's freaking amazing because all of my stalkers just want to hook me up with their granddaughters. 
Yeah, I mean, you sound like you've got way cooler stalkers. Mm. Our stalkers all hate women and anybody who may have once talked to a woman and had a positive uh, you know, outcome at the end of it. Oh, oh it's even worse if you're black, honestly. God. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh, this oh, and you're white. You've got no idea how big a deal that is here. Okay, that's going to do it for Super Dope. I'm not a woman either. What a combination, like a perfect shitstorm for incels. Jesus Christ. You're a white male in America? With the mustache of masculinity. It's a pretty awesome mustache, not going to lie. I'll leave it pretty today but uh yeah you, you want to see a video version of james throwing his fucking villainous mustache <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, patreon.com slash dragon ball super um all right let's go do it talk to you all later wanda vision finale's on the way